0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 1865 the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of Forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 match report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report as we look back on a memorable three points for Forrest at Swansea with a 4-1 win in South Wales and Steve Cooper returning to haunt his old side. Goals from Philip Zinconagel, Lewis Graben, Brennan Johnson and Cafu gave Forrest the win after Pirro had made it 2-1 with a deflected strike. All of the goals came in the second half it was quite a an eventful last 45 but I think a clinical performance from Forest on the day and great goals a great performance and for the travelling Forest fans a memorable and enjoyable day and speaking of travelling Forest fans one of them joins me now it's our very own Tom Newton who was there Tom what a day out that was eh? Yeah, brilliant day.
1: You can't beat a on yeah, away trip, um, and you come back with uh, three points, and even better when you um, win the game four one. So yeah, it was a fantastic uh, day out yesterday.
0: And was it a good performance from Forrest or did you feel that certainly after the first half, with it being nil nil, that perhaps that result might not have been coming?
1: Um, yeah, at um, half time, I thought Forest had like a um, couple of iffy periods in the first half. Um, I mean, they had a couple of chances which, they blazed over the bar, and I just thought that Forest just need to get in at half time, tighten up, and then go again in the second half. So if someone said at half time you'll be winning this game four one, I'd be uh, laughing at them because I didn't uh, feel it was coming. But now Steve Cooper got them in at half time, and um, and we played with a bit more intensity. I mean, that seems to be the theme. In the last couple of weeks, uh, after the half-time break, we have been playing with a bit more intensity. But um, no, I thought they were brilliant yesterday. And it's, I mean, people can talk about expected goals and and this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, one team took the chances and the other didn't. Unfortunately, on this uh, afternoon yesterday, that forest took their chances and Swansea didn't. And hence why we come away with a 4-1 win and the three points.
0: And... Forest were well on their way within the space of two second half minutes. The first goal, Philip Zinchenogle, with a a brilliant strike from the edge of the box. Uh, but he picked the ball up after it was cleared and, and worked it with Graben. and then it come comes back to Zinchenogle and he rifles it in. Did you did you get a good view of that one from your vantage point? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was at, um, at our end, and uh, it was a bit well, fortuitous when he put the challenge in, and it ricocheted in his path and he played a one-two with grab and one touch and he's hit it into top corner. So yeah, we had a great um, view of it and, um, and it was kind of one of those where on another day he might have hit it over the bar but he hit it like really sweet Ben Hamer didn't have um, any chance and as they say straight into top bin and Forrester on their way um, to uh, win the game.
0: Well come on first of all to, to the line-ups We'll, we'll just go back a little bit and the the team selection from Steve Cooper was quite an interesting one because Ryan Yates started the game and played the game at centre-back. Now, Baz of our parish, he's championed Yates as a potential centre-back for, for quite a while now and fair play to him, he's called it because Yates was in that back three alongside McKenna and Worrell and certainly didn't look out of place, did he?
1: No, it was brilliant. It was a bit hard one to um, work out because we don't listen to any of the previous shows because um, we was in Swansea. So we saw the lineup come out at two o'clock and we thought it would just be um, pretty much standard 4-4-2 four, four, uh, formation. But it's the, when the teams co- um, come out and uh, and it was a matter of like, well, is Yates just got a man-marking job on Joel Perot all afternoon? Or is he not concentrating because he's not getting out this, that and the other? And it wasn't until probably fifteen, twenty minutes in when we did go on the attack, and Spencer and two-two pushed on, then the two centre half split, and there was Yates in the uh, in the middle. So uh, I think it's worked out well for um, Cooper because he said in on the um, the post match interview that aerially um, Swansea don't really offer much because they play a lot of their uh, football on the floor. So um, from an aerial point of view. We wasn't going to be troubled, but uh, I think it was a bit of an inspired um, selection by Steepy because I think his hand was um, forced because apparently Tobias Figueroa was out um, with illness, so and, and So's not fit yet. So, um, so yeah, it was just a matter of like let's keep what we've actually got here in terms of what we've been playing in the last few weeks. So we've Ryan Yates playing at centre half. It was and he had a brilliant afternoon. He really did. He met, Apart from the goal which um, they scored, um, which unfortunately took a deflection off his head, he, he kept Joel Perrault pretty much quiet. I know he added the chance in the first half when um, a fortuitous header from uh, osei Tutu and then Joel Perrault's come in and he's uh, put it over the bar. So, uh, yeah, Brian Yates was brilliant, but all of them were brilliant yesterday, hence why it was a really decent uh, away performance.
0: It's good to know that you have that versatility from Yates that if there is a, a centre-back shortage like we've probably got at the moment to play that three, he can slot in there and and do a very good job for you, which perhaps we shouldn't be too surprised from Yates because he'll, he, he will give 100% every minute of every game, wherever you put him. So I think, again, he just shows with that performance the value that he brings to this Forest team. Also. In the team, for the first time under Steve Cooper, in fact, Geordie Tutu. Uh, now, he played left wing back, obviously, with Max Lowe still out. Jed Spence was right wing back. We had Colback and Garner in the midfield, and then that front three of Graben, Zinconagel and, and Johnson. But how did you feel that Tutu got on? From what I saw, he seemed reasonably solid for a first game back after a while.
1: Yeah, um, I thought in, um, in the first... Well, Ten minutes probably slightly struggled with the with the pace, but like he, he grew into the game, and um, and I was quite surprised to actually see him in the lineup because I thought he would have played a few under twenty three games before making a first team appearance. But yeah, he did pretty well um, yesterday, and I'm quite surprised that he um, did. Uh, did he play? He played the full ninety because I know Bong come on, but I can't remember who Bong um,
0: come on for. It was, um, yeah, it was for I'll say two but. Right yeah. at the end, more. Or less.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so he played like the majority of the um, yeah played the majority of the game. He's seen. I was quite surprised with that having been out for so long. But um, yeah, he grew into the game, and um, I mean his shot is <laughs> probably the one of the tamest shots he's going to hit in his career. And and Ben Hamer, uh, couldn't to uh, <laughs> keep it in his grasp. Then obviously Brennan Johnson's tapped him for probably one of his easiest ever goals. So, uh, but no, he um, played pretty well yesterday. Uh, say Tutu and it gave uh, Steve Cooper the um, how he how he plays, he wants the full-backs to bomb on and no disrespect to bomb, but you're not going to get that from bomb. So uh, putting say Tutu in there, it just gives you that bit of versatility that you full, well, your wing-backs can bomb on and then obviously you've got your three centre-halves. So, um, so yeah, he played pretty well yesterday. And for him and for us, hopefully he can keep himself fit because there is a player in there but unfortunately for Ose Tutu, he's just can't keep himself fit wherever he's been. If if he was um, when he was playing in Germany and when he was playing at Cardiff, his loan spells were cut short because of injuries. So hopefully we can keep him fit uh, for the remaining months of the season.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. And with the uncertainty over Spencer's future as well, you you know that Ose Tutu can play on that right-hand side and and potentially be an option there. So, yeah, fingers crossed that now he can get a bit of a run in the team and and get his fitness back. Brennan Johnson, then, he was involved in the second goal. On last week's podcast, the, the, the Peterborough Report, I picked out his assist for the what perhaps should have been a grab and goal turned out to be a James Garner goal, um, but putting balls into dangerous areas from that right-hand side. And he did it again yesterday. The The move, a brilliant move, but credit first of all to Jed Spence for playing the ball through. And he almost pointed to Johnson to tell him where to run almost inside the fullback and get there. That's exactly what he did. Brilliant ball from Spence to begin with. And the, the ball slid across goal from Johnson for grabbing to, tap in and yeah, fantastic move. And that came only two minutes after the, the opening goal from And At this point, Forest absolutely flying, weren't they?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, one thing what I have noticed with um, Steve Cooper's side, which other managers in the past have like got a goal and they'll just sit on it. But with Steve Cooper, it's like, well, we've hit him, let's hit him again. And um, it just gave us that bit of cushion. I know they got the, um, a goal back, but, um, yeah, when we go a goal down or concede a goal, um, Forest just like to go again and it's uh, they don't feel sorry for themselves. They're just like, well, we've scored again. Let's go and score another. And uh, yeah, I think Steve Cooper's noticed that, especially the game a few months ago against uh, Barnsley, in previous regimes would have like, OK, we've got the goal. Let's keep a draw away from home. But now he took Figueroa off and changed it up and uh, we come away with a win. And yesterday it was like, well, OK, we've got the goal. Let's go and score another. And and it's really refreshing that um, Steve Cooper's um been like that since the day he walked through the door.
0: And another goal for Grabbin, which was good to see him in that position and finishing off perhaps where he he didn't manage to last week. This week the finish was was absolutely clinical. And even though Swansea fought back with the the goal from Piro, which You've you've already alluded to was it was quite a fortunate finish in the end. The strike from outside the area, which deflected off Ryan Yates and completely left Samba wrong footed as it flew into the top corner. But Forrest at that point perhaps could have rocked and folded being away from home and Swansea have got their tails up, but 68 minutes that they, they make it 3-1 forest with A helping hand, let's say, from Ben Hamer. How did you see this goal? And there was a, we'll we'll talk through it. So I say, 2-2 has the shot. Hamer spills it, doesn't really gather it, and Brennan Johnson is there to prod it into the net, just off the post as it goes in. But could you see what Ben Hamer was complaining about at that point, or was that him trying to kind of cover himself after the mistake? Very
1: much the latter. Uh, he knew he ballsed up and he was trying because, with what happened in the Leicester Villa game last week, um, Schmeichel uh, only had one hand on the ball. But the says, seeing the ball was dead, then it was the keepers had the ball under control. But at no point did Ben Hamer have that ball under control. Um, yesterday and I think he was just looking for sympathy from either the lines um linesman or the uh, the referee but it's quite telling that as soon as the goal went in probably 99.9 percent of that um, Swansea side just turned away and discussed like thinking what have you done because they thought at two one we've probably got got ourselves back in the game and Ben Hamer does that so um, but is uh, if you look at Ben Hamer's career I mean we had him on loan but didn't play a game for whatever reason under Dougie Friedman when we had the embargo. But if you look at Ben Hamer's career, he comes across as a decent goalkeeper but he has got a ricket in his locker and uh, that happened yesterday. So uh, I just think it was wishful thinking trying to to like think, well, I've balls up here, let's try and get a get-out-of-jail card and it never came because <laughs> he knew, um, he knew he, that he's, he's cost his team um, the game yesterday with his, um, let's say, Teflon glove hands. <laughs> yeah.
0: and it was a bit a big moment for us to restore that two goal lead and perhaps just make things a little bit more comfortable as, as we went into the closing stages of the game Swansea did continue to have chances and shots on target as well at this point there was a, a good double save actually from Samba where he, he saved one with his legs, parried one made the double save, the ball goes up the other end of the pitch Lyle Taylor who'd come on as a sub by, by this point. Nice bit of work from him actually to, to hold on to the ball and then run around the Swansea defender, get into a position to put the ball in and who's there, but Cafu to come on to the end of it and drill it into the back of the net. Another great goal and a great finish, but just shows you there to go from defending and almost conceding, having those two saves from Samba to then go up the other end and score quite a boring negative manager isn't he Steve Cooper that's what I thought haven't we been told um, all
1: that yeah that's the thing what he was um, accused of when he walked through the door but you got a thing at the moment where some teams forget where they come from like in the Brighton Leeds game a couple of um, weeks ago Brighton fans were brewing a 0-0 draw against Leeds and um, Swansea fans they've been in the Premier League under like like, Rodgers um, etc and then he took them to two playoff finals or whatever it was. And some fans just think they're better than they actually are at that moment in time. But Steve Cooper's come in and he's been probably the most expansive, refreshing manager we've had in probably 20 years. I mean, okay, uh, Billy Davis was probably in that 20-year period along with Paul Hart were our best managers. But Steve Cooper's come in and he's, he's got players playing as they should. He's coaching players properly, and he's just been refreshing. And he's, like he said in the post-match interview, he's, f- he's falling in love with the club, and we love him. He loves us. What what could possibly go wrong? So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. It's um, yeah. The the club's a happy place at the moment, and if the bits and bobs, um, obviously, uh, come into fruition with the new stand and obviously um, the building work at the academy and. Um, and hopefully a bit more of an investment in the side, in, i.e. keeping the players who are on loan, and try and build something with Steve Cooper. It could be a very exciting uh, next couple of years for the club, um, because everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet, and when was the last time that happened at Forest?
0: The optimism is back after a very long time, and it's great to see, and for these away days as well, one thing Cooper has really, really mastered is, is the away day and, and playing and setting up a team to get a result from home, but not to grind it out and, you know, scrap a goal and then hold on. We're actually going at teams on their own pitch and and scoring the goals to go with it as well. You think of Barnsley and even late goals at Bristol and then yesterday at Swansea. It's it's, it's just really enjoyable to to watch a Forest team going to, to other sides in the division and not having any fear. They're just taking the game to them. I caught some of the Swansea commentary. I think it must have been from BBC Wales or something. And they mentioned that during the game, Swansea had played over 600 passes, but Forrest didn't even reach the 200 mark. And the possession stats were 75% Swansea, 25 to Forest, And what the commentator Use the quote of seventy five percent of the game has been controlled by Swansea, but this is an example where all the stats in the world and XG and and all of that doesn't paint the full story of a game because I think Forest were worthy of the goals that they scored and and the three points.
1: Yeah, I, um, at the end of the day, I mean, you can have all the analyst data, this, that, and the other, but in terms of the game, it's still not changed with the idea of you score more goals than the other side and you try and keep as least goals out of the, your end, etc. So they can come up with the stats and everything. It means absolutely nothing. You can have all the ball all game, but if you don't stick it in the back of the net, it means absolutely nothing. I mean, on the flip side of that, um, and if you uh, watch highlights of Forest in, uh, like yesteryear, um, I mean, in the League Cup final in 1980, if you look on YouTube, Forrest had all the ball. everything didn't score a goal Wolves scored the goal they won the League Cup in 1980 I mean and well 30-40 years on football hasn't changed one one bit if you can't score the goals it means absolutely nothing because um, and this is a bit of a bugbear with um, Brentford in previous years when we played them when Sabri was manager they had all the ball they had all the chances but we won both of the games and uh, Thomas Frank was like thinking that they deserve something. But like I said, if, if you don't score the goals, it uh, means absolutely nothing. Because you can have like, I don't know, 600, 700 passes, but it's still, if you don't win that game, you're not going to get the points at the end of the game. And football has never changed. It might have like, changed in terms of styles and what you can do, but there's still the basis is still there.
0: Looking at the table... The win moves Forrest up to eighth place and four points off the playoffs. It's a remarkable turnaround that Steve Cooper's instigated. And I don't think any of us would have dreamed of being in this position after seven games of the season when Chris Hutton left. It's just an incredible, an incredible turnaround. And suddenly the season has gone from being a total write-off to potentially something memorable. Hasn't it? Yeah. Well,
1: at the start of the season under Chris Hewton, it's the same players. I mean, Cooper's not brought one player in. And to be honest, at the start of the season, the, the football was absolutely dog, wasn't it? Um, the, the place was... People were like... Were like losing interest like in the first month of the season. And I think that was like the hangover from like the last season when we didn't have any fans and Chris Hewton's football was like really negative and usually uh, in previous years our season usually ends by December because there's either um, we change a manager or or something else happens so um, but no it's so exciting for them um, going into the January market and then obviously the remainder of the season so hopefully Steve Cooper can obviously not dismantle the side but have a like a bit of add a couple of players and it just gives you that depth to get you over the line and see where it takes us. But I think it'd be nice to get into the players, but I think we've got to the point where we've got no expectations of this season. And I think the fan base is just a matter of, like, the club's enjoyable place to be at at the moment and the football is enjoyable and uh, we're winning games home and away. And like I said, if we get into the playoffs, brilliant. If we don't, we've got the summer and let's uh, kick on now because... I can't remember the last time where we've actually built some Gondra manager, and this could be the perfect manager at the perfect time.
0: Plenty to feel positive about, and it's exciting to see where this team can go, and also what Steve Cooper can build, particularly with January around the corner, and promises now to be an exciting and and hopefully an enjoyable rest of the season. Next up for Forest, it's Hull at the City Ground next Saturday, and we will be back then with our match report. But for now, thanks to Tom, and thanks to you, listener, for joining us. And we will see you next weekend with our Hull match report. Sports Social Podcast Network.